Please stand as you're able. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 12. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Friends in Christ, God's grace, peace, and mercy to you this day and always. Please be seated. As you know, your pastor is gone. It's no small thing. It causes a lot of emotional tumult in people. No small thing, and it's not to diminish that reality when I say this. Your pastor is gone, but faith remains. The people of God remain. God being present remains. Faith. Faith is really trust. It's trusting God. And I think of faith as the God-given ability to trust God. You know how important trust is in our human relationships? Think about it. Have you trusted someone and been betrayed? Have you trusted someone and that trust has been rewarded? by a good, strong friendship. When I was a little boy, I used to love to go to the Staten Island Zoo. It was about three miles away from our house, and it was one of my favorite things to do. They had animals of all kinds at that zoo, big and small. My favorite, the lions. They had a pair of lions. The only problem with my love of the zoo was after I had visited, often on those nights, I'd have dreams, I'd dream dreams. In fact, I'd have nightmares. My typical nightmare would go this way. I'd be sleeping soundly in my bed on the second floor with a big window over by the bed, and I'd begin to dream that that lion escaped from the zoo. And then, somehow miraculously, he, the one with the big mane, would find his way to our street. And I'd see him at the end of our street. And then he'd be coming up the street, and oh, he'd turn up our driveway. And he'd come up the driveway, and he'd claw his way up the exterior of the building to my window. And I'd see in that window this big, angry lion head growling at me. So being a little kid, I'd scream. And fortunately, my mom and dad still had good hearing, and they would come in, one of them, and sit down with me and would say something like, it's okay, John, it's okay, I'm here, and I'll stay with you. Those words of comfort, assurance, and promise made all the difference for me. They enabled me to trust my mom or dad, and know that I was going to be okay. Words of comfort, assurance, and promise. You have the same formula in the Old Testament lesson today in Genesis and in the Gospel lesson. The word that came to Abram, do not be afraid, I am your shield, and your reward shall be great. Comfort, assurance, and 
promise. And then Jesus, have no fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to what? Give you the kingdom. Comfort, assurance, and promise. The result of those powerful, godly words being spoken was that Abram believed. That is, he trusted that God was telling him the truth, that he would have many descendants, as many as the stars in the sky. And the disciples believed. They didn't do it real well. They're kind of like us, you know. Our belief and faith goes up and down. But they believed when they heard Jesus' words of comfort, assurance, and promise. That is, they had faith. Faith is trusting God. And it's doing what we can't do by ourselves. It is a God-given gift and ability to trust God. You ever had a crisis of your faith where you wondered if any of it is true? When I was in seminary, Luther Seminary, St. Paul, Minnesota, my first year, I was surrounded by students who seemed to believe wholeheartedly. They had, didn't seem like they had any doubts. I had lots of doubts. I began to wonder if what I believed was just what my parents had passed on to me, what I had maybe heard at St. Olaf College while I was there, that it was the faith of other people. It didn't feel like it was really rooted in me, that it was my faith. So I was struggling. It was a, a dark time for me spiritually. My best friend was my roommate. We'd go out to breakfast every morning. Over breakfast one morning, he said to me, I would think your faith would get you through this time. And he didn't know it, but he had put his finger right on the problem. I didn't have any faith. I couldn't go inside and draw on any faith because there was nothing there. But faith is a gift. You see, it's not my thing. It's God's thing. So in crunch time, when the going gets tough, spiritually speaking, it's not that I need to somehow gin up more faith from inside. It's not that I have to turn inward and dive deep in my soul to discover more faith. That's the problem. We think that's the solution, but it's the problem. The solution is to turn outward, is to turn to the source of faith, to the God who has revealed God to us in Jesus. It's to turn to God and pray, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I'm struggling. I don't have any faith. Come to me and restore that faith that trust within me, because I can't do it. Faith is a gift. As such, it does certain things to us. When God gives us faith, God draws us into relationships. Relationship to God, relationship to others, and relationship to how we live our lives. In relationship to God, we learn that faith is not a commodity. It's not something we possess by ourselves, something that we can 
choose to use at this time or that time or not. It's not like a bottle of Tylenol that you pull off the shelf when you've got some aches and pains. Faith is not a commodity. It never exists on its own. Faith is organic, it's living, it's relational. It exists only in relation to God. Faith is our God-given connection to God. It's the ability God puts within us to trust. In relation to other people, we learn that faith is not a solo trip. Faith is personal, you bet it is, but it's not a solo trip. Faith draws us into community, into communities of faith where we do what you do, love and support and encourage each other, and where you hear God's word and are thus challenged and called to go out into the world to love in the name of Jesus. In relationship to how we live our lives, we learn that faith is not selfish. It's not self-serving. Faith, in fact, frees us and compels us to focus on others. Faith shows itself in good works. You may be familiar with the text from James that faith without works is dead. You might say true enough. Martin Luther would say that statement is not talking about true faith because he would say when there's true faith, there are always good works that emanate. It's like having a fire. Faith is like a fire. You have a fire, there's always heat that's generated, right? When you have true faith, you always have good works. They go together. I don't know if you've heard this, but Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, one of the classic foundational scriptures about us and God is this. For by grace you've been saved through faith. You've heard that. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. It's not the result of works or anything you do. No one can boast. For we are what God has made us. Get this. Created in Jesus Christ for, you know what? Good works. Created in Jesus Christ for good works. Do you wonder about the meaning of your life, the purpose behind your life? There it is. <laughs> God has brought you into this created world to do good works, which God has prepared beforehand. How great is that? The pressure is off. I don't have to figure out who I am or why I'm here. I'm here as a child of God to do good works. And Luther, another classic quote, said, Remember, God does not need your good works. How did he end that phrase? Anybody know? But your neighbor does. Excellent. God doesn't need them, but your neighbor does. So faith is the God-given ability to trust God. It's our connection to God. So let me ask you, how has God conveyed that gift to you? Certainly through the Bible, through the sacraments, 
through worship, through times when you've served and helped other people. And certainly God has done it through people in your life. So I want you to think with me about who are some of those people? Who are your spiritual ancestors who have heard the words of assurance and comfort and promise from God, have taken hold of them by the God-given gift of faith, and then have passed that gift on to you? Who are your spiritual ancestors? Do a little spiritual DNA work for a couple of moments now. Think about them with me. Who are those people for you? For me, many, many, many people, more than I can name, have brought the reality of faith to me, most especially my mom and my dad, many, many others. Who are they for you? Parents, siblings, grandparents, aunts, uncles, children, friends, neighbors, teachers, pastors, who are they? I want you to get real specific and picture some of these people right now. Look around here and you'll see people, maybe some of these people have helped you in your spiritual life, passed on the gift of faith. Notice also we have some empty seats. We're not filled to capacity. What I want you to do now is I want you to think about those spiritual ancestors of yours. I've got my mom and dad right here. I've got Pastor Bishop Harold Jansen there because he had a lot of influence on me. I've got lots of people I'm going to put in these chairs. How about you? Close your eyes if you want to. And just think about who those people are whom God has used to help you in your faith life, have encouraged you in your faith life, have strengthened you in your faith life, have helped you through some tough spiritual times. Picture those people. Bring them right here. Populate this church. Not only the seats, standing room only. We've got tens and hundreds and even thousands of people whom God has used to help us have faith. Remember them. Give thanks for them as we give thanks for the gift of faith. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes our human understanding keep your hearts, your minds in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Pastor Tim has left Holy Trinity to take a position at Lutheran World Relief. Over the next few weeks, Holy Trinity will have a few supply pastors on Sunday mornings until we find an interim pastor. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.